And we talked about, well, you can't stop the run. You have no shot uh, with the way this, this roster is currently constructed. And they have responded. Um, and, and in these three straight wins, they have actually shut down three excellent football teams when it comes to running the football. I don't think these are the best teams in the league or anything. The focus of the NFL world continues to be on Bill's safety to bar Hamlin as we all kind of hope for positive news, positive updates on his health and his condition. Just a tough situation all around, especially for the Bills organization, for the Bengals organization, for how that played out on Monday night. It's also been a pretty tough week for the Steelers organization, uh, and we'll get to that here coming up next. And with that being said, it's the Steelers Wire podcast. Welcome to the show. Ryan O'Leary here, joined as always by Kurt Popejoy, the managing editor of USA Today's Steelers Wire. Kurt, how you doing, man? Happy New Year. Hey, happy New Year to you. Doing good. Doing good. We're all, uh, all kind of still shaking our heads a little bit from that game last night. But yeah, it's been a crazy start to the year. Yeah, for sure. You're talking about Monday night, of course. And uh, we, that's where we got to start, right? That's that's the top story. That's that's everything on social media and and if you turn on NFL Network or ESPN or look anywhere on the internet, you're seeing um, the story about Tamar Hamlin, and, and that's just what it is. And you know, right off the jump, all we can say is our thoughts have been and continue to be with Tamar Hamlin, the, the family of Tamar Hamlin, the Bills, the Bengals, uh, University of Pittsburgh, right? Kurt, all of this, um, yeah, you know, just horrifying on Monday night, right? Um, I'm glad they ultimately canceled the game, and they're, they're not going to try to resume it this week. I think you know, the focus of the NFL world continues to be where it should be. And that's kind of clinging to updates on Hamlin's condition and hoping that he wakes up and we get like positive news. Right. I mean, it kind of has been the status quo for uh, a while now, since kind of like midnight last night on Monday. Yeah. It's been, I mean, it's one of those situations where, like I said last night on Twitter during the, during the, the pause when everything was just kind of on hold, I don't think it was a matter of if the game was going to be canceled. I think that the league knew the game or postponed. I think the league knew the game was going to be postponed pretty quickly, just that the public wasn't made aware of it as quickly, I think, as a lot of people thought. I think a lot of people were sitting around wondering. I, I was, too. I said that, you know, Roger Goodell should have made that call and been done. And maybe they did. And they were just sorting out logistics. But you hear about Spawn Diggs, you know, already out of his uniform, 15 minutes after they went in the locker room, you knew the players knew something that they weren't going to play. But I, as, as bad as I feel for, for those players and the coaches and that, you know, now you've got league officials that are forced to kind of put their league hat on and, and figure out the logistics of this and, and how they're going to get back to business. And I, I wouldn't wish that on anybody at this point. No, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. And, and again, I th- I'm glad they're not trying to resume the game on like Tuesday night or or Thursday night this week, like, you know, I'm glad they're not trying to do that, but like the bills got to still play a game on Sunday this week against the Patriots, or at least they're scheduled to. And we're not sure how this story with Demar Hamlin's going to go. It's, it's gotta be hitting Buffalo hard. I know it's hitting the Bengals hard. It's, it's hitting Pittsburgh hard too. Right. Right. Kurt. I mean, this is Mike Tomlin talked about this. I mean, he's known Hamlin since he was, he was a little kid. Uh, yeah. The Steelers played the Bills earlier this year. I know Kenny Pickett is close with Demar Hamlin. Uh, he's a he played high school ball in Pittsburgh. He played at the University of Pittsburgh. So uh, Steelers fans know this player. He's he might be relatively unknown league wide. I know he's a six round pick, and he's kind of getting an opportunity with the Bills this year because of injuries. But right. he's a well known kid in Pittsburgh, and this has got to be hitting the Pittsburgh he, fan he base is. just as hard. Yeah, 
Oh, you could see it from, from Coach Tomlin today. You know, he said, this kid's a Pittsburgher. You know, he's he's been in the facility. Um, I think Mike said he'd known him since he was 12 years old. Um, you know, his journey to, to get to the NFL is something that Mike said he's always um, always been very proud of, of Hamlin for. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those situations where if you're a if you're a Pittsburgh kid, you know if you're a player from Pittsburgh and you play at Pitt, I mean you basically share the facilities with the Steelers, so everybody on the team knew who he was. You know, you got Kenny Pickett who played with him, um, who's already you know you know I can't imagine how hard that that would hit him. They were teammates and and that sort of thing. So yeah, I mean it, they they knew who this kid was way before last night. I mean even going back to the to the first time the Steelers, you know, earlier in the year when the Steelers and Bills played, um, there was a, a play where DeMar Hamlin hit Kenny Pickett on a, on a scramble. And a lot of people felt like it was a little bit late, a little chippy. And Kenny Pickett came after and said, no way did he mean to hit me late. That's my brother. You know, we, we played together. That's not that kind of a thing. And even Coach Tomlin after the game made a comment that he knew DeMar and no doubt in his mind that was not an intentional thing. And so, yeah, he, he was well-known among the team, you know, going, going way back. And so I, I, I don't, I don't know that anybody needs to gauge who's, who's taking this worse or better, but among the Steelers, you know, this, this was a kid that they knew and, and they appreciated him. And so it's, it's hard on them too. It's hard on everybody. Yeah, it is. Um, uh, you know, People that had never heard of Demar Hamlin, I think, are are doing the same thing that I've been doing, that you've probably been doing, Kurt, that we've all been doing, is just refreshing uh, Twitter or whatever you use to try to get updates on on sports yeah. or news, and just trying and just clinging to updates, hoping that we get positive news on Demar Hamlin, and just kind of hoping, praying for a full recovery for for that twenty four year old football player. So um, it's rough. That's obviously the focus of the NFL world. Uh, it continues to be, it's at the top of our minds as well, but we do a Steelers podcast and we're going to uh, continue with some things on our agenda here, Kurt, on the show. And we have to talk about, well, it really is a new year for the Steelers here as we turn the, the calendar to 2023, because this once was a two and six football team that we basically had written off. And now we're somehow at 500 and still in the playoff hunt entering week 18. That That is crazy, Kurt. That is crazy that we're in a position. Uh, to to make the playoffs. Hottest team in the NFL. Hottest team in the NFL. Three in a row. Six and two. Last eight. I mean, it's it's bananas. I mean, I was I was fully at two and six. I was ready for them just to take the season. You know, just just pack it in. And it's just it's crazy. I've never seen a team make use of a bye week the way they did. You know, they've asked players about it. They've asked the coaches about it, and none of them really have an answer for what changed other than the fact that they all just got on the same page. I mean, you could, you could see in the first half of the season, this was a pretty disjointed team, a lot of communication problems, a lot of guys doing their own thing and they, they're all, you know, following the same plan now. And, and, you know, you really see it on offense. I mean, with the run game, and to see how this run game has turned around, um, and, and pair that up, you know, the defense has, has really gotten better, but I think a lot of that can be attributed to T.J. Watt coming back. Um, but, yeah, it's it's been a remarkable turnaround. And the fact that even though there are multiple things have to happen on Sunday for them to make the playoffs, you know, the fact that, that they're still in it 
is is just something that prior to the bye week, I can't imagine even the most diehard fans felt very confident about. Yeah, I mean, we were we were joking about the the percentages for them, Kurt, being at what was it less than two percent or less than one percent, two percent, less than two, less than two percent. But now it's it's still kind of complicated, but it's not. It's it's easier to swallow now. The scenario is you got to beat the the Cleveland Browns this week. The Steelers are three point favorites yeah. at home to do that, so that's good. Uh, we need the Bills to beat the Patriots, which yeah. would will definitely happen if those teams play. If the Bills are playing football this weekend, again, we don't really know right. what's going on there. The, the Bills seem like they're far from even focusing on any kind of playing a football game right now, and I don't blame them when you're teammates life is like hanging in the balance here um it's just like an unbelievable situation there so but the bills need to beat the patriots and then the jets who have been eliminated have to beat the dolphins that are actually playing for something and that i know you wrote on steelers wire that that's the one that concerns you right of these three legs yeah. um all things being equal if the bills and patriots are suiting up on sunday as we expect them to uh bills should roll um and they have recently in that matchup the the one that is is tricky here jets over miami miami with a backup quarterback We'll see, right? That that one's interesting, but the scariest part. If Tua doesn't come back and play, I mean, I, I like the Jets' chances a lot better if they're playing a third-string quarterback, but it's still kind of a long shot at this point. But the Jets, Jets kind of have a little swagger to them. I mean, maybe they want to come out and play spoiler. So maybe that'll be motivation for them to, to uh, step up and, and beat Miami. But the 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 complicated part or the, the interesting part for me is the fact that all of them, all the games are going on at the same time. So, yeah, everybody's going to be watching scoreboards and, and trying to figure out, you know, if Miami's way behind, you know, how that affects. I mean, those players have got to be watching that Jumbotron and, and keeping an eye on how these games are going to be going. But, you know, as it stands right now on, on 538, they're sitting at about a 21% chance to make the playoffs. You know, three weeks ago, they were a two percent chance. So it's it's amazing how everything's kind of falling in line. Um, maybe that that's a, a sign that this is destiny, or else they're just gonna they're gonna break everybody's hearts this week. We'll see. Well, we'll, we'll take we'll take the uh, the increase in odds, right, Kurt? I mean, it's a it's a pretty big. Oh yeah. Thing. And would you still be? Let, let's put it this way: Would you still be? Happy with this season? Would you consider it a success if they finish nine and eight but don't make the playoffs? Yes, definitely, definitely. That would mean they they played seven and two football in the back half of the season, and you can't ask for much more than that. The, the the growth from Kenny Pickett has been remarkable. The growth from Najee Harris has been remarkable. Um, some players on defense have really emerged: Cameron Sutton, Robert Spillane, Larry Ogunjobi. You know, there there have been some guys that have really stepped up and played good football in the second half of the season. So, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm okay with. Honestly, I'm not going to look at this season if they if they lose to the Browns and they play the kind of football they've played the last five weeks or six weeks and just come up a little bit short. I'm not going to view this season as necessarily a failure. I mean, you know, it's. If they'd have kept doing what they were doing the first half of the season and finished with four or five wins, absolutely. That's a failure. Too many, too many big contracts on the team to only win four or five games. But they win eight or nine games first year without Hall of Fame quarterback. I, I can't complain too much about it. Hats off to Mike Tomlin. He did it again. Just uh, a, a masterful job by Tomlin, Kurt. Just 
I mean, when it was two and six, the way the Steelers looked, I mean, we were all writing them off. Steelers fans, and whoever you, whoever you want to pull, whatever. We were all, everybody was writing them off. Uh, the fact that they are here with a, a realistic chance. I mean, it's realistic that this could happen, that this scenario for them to make the playoffs. And if they do, um, it would be remarkable. And if they finish nine and eight um, and don't make it, I mean, to, to keep that, that streak of winning seasons or, or 500 seasons going for Tomlin would be uh, quite the accomplishment. And they've got a formula, Kurt, right? I mean, this is one thing that has really popped up over these last three weeks. Since they, they lost to the Ravens, it was a close game in week 14, but they, they kind of got run over by the Ravens. They gave up 215 yards rushing in that one. And we talked about, well, you can't stop the run. You have no shot. Uh, with the way this this roster is currently constructed, and they have responded. Um, and and in these three straight wins, they have actually shut down three excellent football teams when it comes to running the football. I don't think these are the best teams in the league or anything, but no. they played the Panthers, who were really hot and were really relying on the run, and they were running teams over and and kind of were hot. They held the Panthers to twenty one yards and won that game, and that kind of kicked off this little streak. Then they played the Raiders, who, I mean, Jacobs is the He's the rushing leader in the entire league, right? He's going for the rushing title. Yeah. They held they held the Raiders to 58 yards. And then then you play the Ravens again this past weekend on, on Sunday Night Football. You had just given up 215 yards a, a few weeks ago. This time you give up 120 yards and win the game. So uh, I think, yeah, they're, they're definitely running the football better. You mentioned Najee Harris. Jalen Warren's been great as well. They're running the football well. Kenny Pickett's doing his thing late in games. But... I think them stopping the run has been a huge development on defense. Those two things kind of coming together, running the football, stopping the run has been the formula. And then Kenny Pickett does this thing in the fourth quarter, right, Kurt? Uh, but yeah. what's what's keyed that change on defense, you think? What, is, what has been the big thing that has turned the Steelers into run stuffers all of a sudden? I think one of the things that's really helped is, is, is having Robert Spillane on the field more. I think that, that guys like Miles Jack and Devin Bush are flashy and they're athletic and they're fast. But they don't want to get in there and stick their nose in the pile. You know, they aren't, they aren't the guys that are going to just sacrifice their body into a guard so another guy can make a play. Robert Spillane is fearless. I mean, he just, you know, he, he said earlier in the season, he didn't feel like the team considered him a starter. Um, and he didn't, you know, it felt like he didn't really appreciate that. He's getting ready to hit free agency. Um, but man, he's been, He's been the catalyst. I mean, he's the guy that's, even if he's not making the play, he eats up blockers on every single play. One of those long runs that you saw early in the season, Miles Jack and Devin Bush were just, just chasing. They never engaged with anyone. And so I think Spillane has made a big difference. I think the other guy that's really helped the defense a lot since he came back from IR is the rookie DeMarvin Leal, the defensive lineman. Um, you know, he's a, he's kind of a scary athlete for as big a kid as he is. Um, and he really showed it last week how he can run. You know, they line him up as a, as an edge guy on, on quite a few plays and rush the passer. Um, he's, he, you watch him play. He's got a little stuff. And I said, I said early in the year, I wasn't sure if they found an athlete replacement for Stefan to it. But boy, Leal's, he, he's been another one that's really helped. Um, as far as as far as engaging with guys, playing physical, well, that's something Mike Collins said today in his pre- in Tuesday in his press conference. 
He said typically the defenses and the offenses that are most effective late in the season are the, are the most physical units. And I think those guys are just far more physical than, than the players that they've replaced in the lineup. And I think that's been, that's been big. You gotta be a tone setter, you know. Ken Hayward, I mean, he's always going to make plays. T.J. Watt's always going to make plays. Minka Fitzpatrick's always going to make plays. But then you get the Spillane and the Leals and the Terrell Edmonds, you know, that are coming in here and, and, and kind of playing out over their speed a little bit. That's I think that's been the biggest difference. Also, the fact that if you look at the snap counts, they're rotating a lot more defensive linemen in the game um, than they were earlier in the season. They're, they're committing more big bodies up front, trusting that they're secondary in cover um, and that their pass rushers, you know, the, the pass rush has not been what it's been. And there's no no getting around that. You know, it's not the, the unit that's, that's led the league for so many years in a row. But they create just enough pressure to make life a little easier. You know, team lead, I think they are back to leading the league in interceptions again. Um, and that's a product of, of winning on early downs, and then you can dictate what the defense is going to or the offense is going to do. And I think that that's really helped them a lot. Have they played any potent passing offenses in the last few weeks? Probably not. They're, they're going to get tested through the air this week. You know, they're, they're, we'll see if they if they can shut Nick Chubb down and Deshaun Watson starts throwing it to Amari Cooper. Can they can they hang with that? Because that's yeah, they did okay with the Raiders and Devontae Adams. We'll see if they can do it again. Yeah, the, Deshaun Watson has looked a little bit better, Kurt. Um, at least I think that was his, probably the best he's looked against Washington last week. So, yeah, that'll that'll be interesting. Washington looked surprised that Amari Cooper was even playing in the game and a couple of the touchdowns yeah. that Cooper played, he just running down the field. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I think I liked what you said there. It is, it is physical. It's just them yeah. running the ball and stopping the run. And then, again, Kenny Pickett. If he needs to make a play at the end of the game, he's going to make a play. And, and g- give me your reaction to that throw to Najee Harris at the end, that touchdown throw at the end. I mean, what was your reaction to that? I couldn't believe it. I mean, and I'll admit, I, I'm glad someone asked him if that was his intention. Because it, there, a case could have been made that he was actually trying to throw it to Steven Sims. And Najee Harris just plucked it out of the air. But he did say, nope, Najee was the target all along. We Smart tried kid. to run that play earlier in the in the game and and uh, and had missed on it, so I felt better about that because he threw him open. I mean, that was a that was a, a great throw. You know, that's a throw that Patrick Mahomes makes, and everybody loses their minds about. So, yeah, that was that was quite a throw. Confidence in a player who, honestly, you know, to make that throw at that time to Najee Harris, who really hasn't been a part of the passing game much this season. Um, still a lot of confidence in Kenny Pickett that his guy was going to make that catch. Yeah, it was awesome. So now, here we are again, 8-8 eight and eight, on the doorstep of a playoff berth. Uh, the team was dead, Kurt. Deontay Johnson, he, he called it a rebuilding year. You know, we, we all thought it was over yeah. early in the year. But here we are, a, a chance to make it. And the question is, can the Steelers use this same recipe that they've been using the last three, mo- uh, three weeks to beat the Browns, right? Can they... Can they hold and limit one of the best rushing attacks in football with Nick Chubb? Uh, can they rush the football against a team in the Browns that have struggled to stop the run? And can Kenny Pickett do his thing if called upon um, late in the game, right? I mean, that's the, that's the question. I think 
that kind of recipe might actually work against a team like the Browns. And that's probably why the Steelers are favored at home by three points. But what's your gut reaction about this matchup? And, and just in a nutshell, Steelers-Browns, do you think they can win this one? I love the fact that the, the Browns, you know, they they provide a, a pretty good opportunity for Pittsburgh to really come out and establish the run. Um, double-digit drives, you know, they're among the league leaders in the last month or so in double-digit, you know, play drives. Um, yeah, Nick Chubb, he's good. I mean, he's better than anybody they face, you know, at least in the second half of the season. But if he's not on the field, he can't hurt him. And I think you're going to see Pittsburgh come out with, with Najee Harris and Jalen Warren and Derek Watt, if need be, and Kenny Pickett on some sneaks and some design runs. And they're just going to, they're just going to pound it at them. Now, this offensive line's playing with a ton of confidence. And I think that's a big part of it. Those guys, you know, more plays than not at this point, they are, they are moving the line of scrimmage downfield. And that's, that's huge. So, I, I love Pittsburgh this week to win. I think that they're uh, I think they're they're playing great football. Um, I, I think they know what's on the line. I think they they want to win this for Tomlin and his streak. They want to win it for a chance to win playoffs. All those things are going to figure into this. So yeah, I, I'll give you three points and 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 take Pittsburgh this week. Yeah, I like it too. And the total on this one, the over under. I figured it would be somewhere in the 30s if if I was guessing, you know, 37, 38. It's 40 and a half on the on the typical sports book where we get our odds, Kurt. And that makes me kind of like the under. I kind of lean under in this one. I, I think this too. could be a, a slugfest. What do you think? Would you lean under 40 and a half? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking this is going to be like a 17, 10, you know, that kind of a game when it's all said and done. So, yeah, I, I like the under. I don't think like we're going to wow anybody and suddenly put up 30 points or anything like that. But, you know, they got to, they got to, all right, there it is. Steelers, Browns. Uh, that's the one we're focused on. Beat the Browns first, then hope to get some help in the AFC East. That's kind of what we're that's what we're rooting for there uh, for the Steelers. But I guess now, Kurt, uh, the only things we can do is go back to Twitter and start refreshing and, and you know, hoping to get good news with Demar Hamlin. Right. That's that's what I'm going to be doing for the rest of the night. I can't stop refreshing Twitter, hoping for good news. But so far, it's, it seems like it's been the status quo for like, I don't know, the last 20 hours or so. Uh, nothing has really yeah, changed. I mean, the parents put out a statement, you know, thanking everyone, but there's been no no actual medical updates in some time. So, you know, we just wait. I, I think that based on what everyone has said they believe happened, you know, I think the, the sounds like the quick response probably saved his life, and now it's just a matter of, of seeing some some progress and recovery, so that's that's what we all want. It's well said by Kurt Popejoy. Check him out on Steelers Wire if you could. There'll be plenty going on there. Of course, breaking down this matchup between the the Steelers and the Browns. Can Pittsburgh go and clinch a playoff berth, or can they get Mike Tomlin a win to continue his streak? We'll find out this weekend. And Kurt and I will be back next week to break that down. We'll talk to you then. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.